Hello, hello, gorgeous people. I hope you're all well. Thanks for tuning in. Man, have I got a good one for you today. I've been excited to have this conversation all week. We're living in dangerous, confusing, scary, worrying times. And it'd be great if we could have someone who could just cut through all the bullshit and give us some semblance of sense as to what is going on in reality. The propaganda machine has ramped into overdrive on all directions. And I don't know about you, but I haven't got a fucking clue what to make of any of it anymore. So I am so glad to have with me today the one and only, the awesome, the talented, the funny, the clever, and the dangerous, with great hair, Mr. Lee Camp. How the hell are you, brother? <laughs> great. Thanks for that intro. Not at all, man. I mean, how are you, though, dude? Because you are going through some, uh, shall we say, some interesting times right now. What's going on? Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. I, I guess, you know, when I really think about it, I never thought that my show, uh, Redacted Tonight, I, I, the first eight minutes I was doing it, I was like, this is amazing. We can do this on television. And sure enough, we can't. Sure enough, it, is, <laughs> it did take eight years and 375 episodes, but sure enough, <laughs> they've shut it down, deleted all the videos from YouTube because, you know, anti-war, anti-imperialist voices are... Uh, are anathema to the U.S. military machine. Well, they're okay if you're criticizing the other side. You know what I mean? They, they, you can say what the hell you like then. Uh, but as soon as you start, you know, dropping some truth bombs on what's going on on your own fucking side of the fence, then uh, the propaganda machine's going to stomp on you pretty damn quick. Yeah, I, I think when in times of war, the U.S. Uh, government, you know, combined with with corporations, although they're really one and the same at this point in the U.S., yeah, uh, they they do shut down those opposing viewpoints. And it's funny to say in times of war because, of course, the U.S. has been at war over the past 20 years kind of endlessly. But when I say times of war, I mean the times when the U.S. Um, propaganda machine is really ramping up to create something large. And I know that most people, and we can get into this more, I know that most people right now go, yeah, but the U.S. is trying to stop a war right now in Ukraine. But that's not actually the truth if you actually look at what's going on. The U.S. is is using people's empathy to actually continue this as long as possible. Now, that doesn't mean Russia is not the perpetrator. I've come out against uh, Putin's invasion and all the bombing. I've come out against it multiple times. But the U.S., as you know, one of the two big players in this proxy war uh, wants to make sure this goes on as long as possible because it, it is a great propaganda win for the United States and it, it justifies massive sanctions. And really what we're seeing is the manufacturing of consent for a new Cold War on the levels of which we had not seen uh, before now. Uh, we are entering into some dangerous times, man. I mean, when something like this happens to somebody like yourself, I think it really signals a move in a different direction because like during the pandemic, um, you know, like, like they shut down you know, people like Alex Jones and David Icke, you know, the, the conspiracy theorist guys. And I actually, although I don't have any sympathy with those guys, you know, I actually yeah. defended them online because free speech is an absolute as far as I'm concerned. Yep. 
But at the same time, I kind of got it as well. You know, there were very difficult times. You know, we were going through a global pandemic. People were scared. And, and these guys were fucking putting all this crazy pseudoscience up. And, you know, I, I kind of got it. I didn't support the decision to censor them and take them down. But I kind of understood the broader, perhaps, health need to do that. And I also, for the first time, I think many of us recognized that these platforms like YouTube and Facebook are actually private companies, although we can access them for free. They're not ours, you know? And I think we recognized it for the first time, you know, that they can actually take down whatever the hell they want. But when they come after someone like yourself, I think that's a totally different thing because you're not some kind of fringe guy ranting about shape-shifting fucking lizard aliens or anything like that. I mean, (laughs) you're on a very mainstream network on a credible show with proper journalism and you've been critical of power in all of its forms. So to have not just you or your show or your voice, but the entire fucking network taken down, as well as your podcast um, and all of your, your, your co-hosts and everyone else has got their own shows there as well, to have the whole network taken down, we are entering into some dangerous, dangerous times. And where does this end? Yeah, and and I actually did when when Alex Jones Alex Jones was kind of the test balloon for whether the big tech could just delete people from most of the internet. And I actually did come out against that, even though I despise Alex Jones and I think he's a fucking moron. Uh, I mean, I, you know what? You know what's great about Alex Jones is he is a literal snake oil salesman. Like he sells snake oil pills or whatever. Like he is, you know, he's not just the analogy. He is the literal snake oil salesman. But. <laughs> But uh, so I hate him. But at the time that his platforms were were deleted, uh, I said, this won't stop with Alex Jones. This is not about Alex Jones. This will this is used against certain right wingers, but it largely is uh, designed almost more so to stop uh, the the anti-war left, the anti-imperialism left. Those are the ones that are truly dangerous. Those criticizing capitalism in a big way, a substantial way. And that that is what we're seeing now. Um, I mean, and we saw it. We saw it beginning years ago. There was heavy suppression. My Facebook's been kind of shadow banned um, for the past four or five years. Wow. Uh, even though it used it used to be a very big page, three hundred thirty thousand subscribers. But starting in twenty sixteen, I basically couldn't gain any new subscribers, and my posts were shown to something like point one percent of my mm. followers. So this this has been going on for a while, but. The full scale, like uh, shutting down of RT America, which had other, uh, you know, great anti-war voices like Jesse Ventura and Chris Hedges, yeah, um, and and then the deletion of all of our back, you know, our back catalog of episodes, uh, eight years, three hundred seventy-five episodes I put out, and and then on top of that, uh, one of my podcasts, Moment of Clarity, uh, got deleted from Spotify at the same time. So this is really mass censorship on a on an incredible level. It's fucking so scary, man. You know, and like I said to you just before we came on, we had a quick chat. You know, my heart breaks for you as a content creator because I know just how much passion and thousands of hours and research and energy went into creating all of that content over the years. You know, I mean, that's your legacy, you know, and there's a lot of fucking truth bombs and information in there. That's a fucking snapshot of time, you know, and to have all of that taken down, it's just my heart breaks, man. Like, 
I mean, it happened to me on a very small scale. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm making no, no equivalence here at all mm-hmm. in, our, in our stories. But I released an album um, during the pandemic called Make Anger Great Again, which is kind of <laughs> like a hard rock political protest album. At the time, it was all about, you know, Brexit and Trump and John, Boris Johnson, all that sort of shit. And, um, but it came out about a month before the Trump election. And the first song was called The Power. And we just had, you know, me fucking dancing around or whatever with, with a bunch of protest footage. And the whole song was just kind of inciting people to take to the streets and rise up and do something about all this shit and YouTube took yeah. it down after one day they said the content was shocking and yeah. uh, we went through and we were, we were, we were fucking so uh, careful not to put anything that mildly looked like it was inciting violence because it wasn't that's not what I'm about it was just protest footage right. most of which came from YouTube and they took it down and uh, as you were saying about being shadow banned I've had the same problem every time I hashtagged you know make anger great again it just wouldn't get seen by anybody yeah. Facebook wouldn't let me advertise or boost the album or anything like that I couldn't do any sponsored posts and my whole platform just became fucking redundant really you know so I mean that I mean yeah. if they can do that to just a guy writing a fucking song you know what I mean? I mean, somebody like yourself has way more clout and way more reach. You know, I get that well, you could be well, seen as a th- more of a threat to them. But, you know, when you're deleting fucking songs, come on. Well, yeah. And, and part of this is is just algorithms, uh, which which they know are kind of suffocating, but they seem fine with it. So you create an algorithm that, you know, uh, gives you a negative strike for, let's say, having the word terrorism in the title or, uh, you know, having the word Nazi in the title or whatever. But what that also does, yeah, sure, it might take down the guy who says we need to start doing terrorism all over the world, but it's also going to take down anybody who's criticizing America for funding terrorists or yes. uh, criticizing Nazis, like literal Nazis for, for, you know, violence or killing or whatever. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I have a podcast called government secrets where we go through all of America's dirty secrets. And uh, because we were talking about the, the Nazis in Ukraine, uh, the TikTok stream shut off. Now, I don't think it was and they and they forbid us from maybe live streaming ever again or at least soon or something. And I don't think it's because it was us. I think it's because they just saw they just the the auto bot, you know, reads the transcript. We were saying the word Nazi several times and they deleted the stream. But what that also does now, that's nice that Nazis can't be like, hey, everybody join the Nazis. (laughs) But what that also does is it means you can't speak about the crimes of Nazis anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. how fucked up is that? Yeah, yeah, that's a fucking... I mean, you'd think they'd be advanced beyond that point by now to, 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 to frame things in a, in a context, you know? Yeah, well, context is dead. I mean, yeah. part, of the reason that, part of the reason that my videos in RT America got deleted was just because we... Some of us, I mean, we had very different voices. If anyone ever watched RT America, there were right-wing shows on there that I didn't agree with a goddamn word they said. So people thinking we had one viewpoint or anything are, are incredibly mistaken. But um, but part of the reason we got shut down is we were just giving context for the war in Ukraine, uh, for Russia's invasion. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm for it. I've already said on this on this uh, platform and many others that I'm opposed to the invasion. I'm opposed to bombing. I'm opposed to war. I'm opposed to killing of innocent civilians. But that doesn't mean you can't know the context. Like, uh, you know, I'm opposed to how our CIA murdered uh, John F. Kennedy. But that doesn't mean I can't sit down and and give you the reasons why they did it. You know, yeah. John Kennedy was was talked about crushing the CIA. He fired the head of the CIA. He was cutting their funding, etc. Um, that doesn't mean I support the murder of JFK. So but we live in such a sad, suppressive time that 
just giving context is more than the American empire, which is a late stage empire with, uh, you know, late stage capitalism. It's more than they can handle. They, they are afraid that if people learn the context of our reality, they will stop supporting this egregious uh, exploitation because, and it is exploitation because the people who suffer in our cold war, our proxy wars, our, 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 our endless uh, uh, toxic nationalism, those who suffer the most are, average people in each of these countries. It's not the ruling elite that really suffer. It's going to be it's sanctions. Sanctions on Russia. Who's going to really suffer? Yeah. The average people, the, the average workers, people we should align with, you and me and anyone else who's not, uh, you know, the, the the lizard people at the top. Just kidding. <laughs> but any, anyone else who's not those people should align with each other. But of course... That can't happen. Instead, you need to believe in this uh, toxic nationalism. Anyone born on the other side of a little line in the sand is a bad guy. It's just egregious. And there seems to be this uh, this culture which has been creeping for a few years now, where it, it's there's there's goodies and baddies, there's right and wrong, there's us and them, and there's fucking nothing in the middle anymore. There, as you said, context is <laughs> yeah. dead. There's no room for nuance. There's no gray areas. There's no complexity. It's just like if if like if you give context on what's happening in Ukraine and you're critical of America's involvement in that, suddenly you're pro Russia or you're pro Putin. It's fucking ridiculous, man. Right. Absolutely. And that is what they also used to, even before RT America was shut down, it was it was useful to America and also the UK and many other countries to make people think that anything that, that even mildly was connected to Russia was evil or dastardly or nefarious and wanted to get you, you know, Rus Russian salad dressing was spying on you. And <laughs> that, that, that succeeded in... in uh, you know, harming our our ability to reach audience and everything. Um, and in the case anyone hasn't really been following this, so RT America and back when there was a RT UK, um, it's funded by the Russian government. But I was never told to say anything. I was never censored. I wrote all my own words. I researched all my own words. No one ever censored a word I said. And that's why I was on that network. It was literally the only television network in the United States where you could do that, where you could be anti-war, anti-imperialist and not be censored. And that is also why it was dangerous. It also, until they started suppressing it, became the number one international news channel in, in America uh, quickly because it was willing to allow these voices that had been purged from other networks. You know, Chris Hedges was a Pulitzer Prize winning war correspondent for the New York Times. And when he came out against the Iraq war, they basically booted him out. Uh, Jesse Ventura, even though he's a former governor in Minnesota, uh, was kicked out of MSNBC, even though he was going to be the face of MSNBC. He, they, they paid him upwards of $10 million just to get out of his contract because he was anti uh, the invasion of Iraq. And they could not have that anywhere near their airwaves. That's that's the supposedly liberal network in the United States. Yeah. So um, those are the type of people that ended up at RT America, people that wanted freedom of speech. And that's what made it dangerous. And that's why it's now been shut down. Well, we've got a state-sponsored TV broadcaster in the UK, the BBC, you know, and um, the only shit you get on there is is the stuff that conforms to the mainstream narrative. Right. There's there's nothing outside of the mainstream narrative. The establishment viewpoint is is what the BBC represented. I, 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 so I've been told, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, apparently it was way better and it got, you know, took a fucking nosedive in the 80s like everything did. But I mean, ever since then, it's just basically been an establishment mouthpiece. So 
Am I right in guessing that RT is probably functions very similar within Russia and that the reason it provided a platform for dissenting voices in other countries is because those voices weren't critiquing necessarily Russia as a priority. They were critiquing, you know, their own governments. Uh, I mean, in a sense, yes. I mean, yeah, it was not my priority. And I think they I've stood for the same things before I joined RT, after I joined RT. So they knew what they were getting. But yeah, if you're if you're an American like me, if you're an American in America covering American news uh, and actually I'm an American comedian. But um, if you're in America covering American news, uh, a yeah, I'm I, America was what I wanted to focus on because I knew it. it. It's who I am. It's me born and bred. And so I understood it. I knew it. It's what I wanted to talk about. But beyond that, America, let's be honest, far more powerful than Russia. America owns the globe in many respects in terms of uh, both wealth, although China is starting to compete, but both wealth and military might. Uh, you know, most powerful military in the way in the world, trillion dollars spent a year, which is an unfathomable amount of money uh, on military and death and destruction. Uh, 800 to 900 military bases around the world. Uh, you know how many Russia has outside of Russia? Something like 18, and they're all almost all in Soviet bloc, former Soviet bloc countries. And you know how many China has outside of China? One. Fucking hell. So compare that to 800, 900 around the world. So it, there's a reason to critique America because America is the force. America is the imperialist entity. Uh, Russia doesn't even uh, light a candle to compared to American empire. So. Yes, I, I do think that that's why, you know, RT America uh, was willing to pick up certain voices. But, you know, if they're if they're willing to give me a platform where I'm not censored at all, then I'll take it. Fucking right. Yeah, no, hell yeah. And the fact that that's now gone. What's the situation with that then? Is it just in America and Europe? Um, and and how, how does that affect your personal podcast? Because th that was separate, wasn't it? It's, that was a decision made by Spotify or, or was it because you were connected to RT? I mean, so Spotify gave me no reason. Uh, my my uh, my podcast called Moment of Clarity, and it's it, it's been it's go, been going for years before I started Redacted Tonight. And uh, I assume they deleted it because I used some of the audio from Redacted Tonight. Uh, my own words, basically, I used some of that audio, but it has no connection, no funding, no no nothing uh, to RT America other than me using a little of that audio. But so I, I guess they used some some bot that found RT America audio and just deleted it. Right. Um, anyway, still egregious. And in terms of uh, where RT America stands now, uh, it, it's as far as I know, it's completely shuttered, completely done. Uh, it had been going, I've been there eight years, but it had been going for something like close to 15 uh, or maybe more. And, and uh, there was no hint you know, some some of the mainstream media, so the mainstream media has basically ignored it. There's no defense of journalism. There's no defense of freedom of press at all. Uh, but there are a couple of articles about it shutting down, and they seem to just say, "Oh, it lost some of its platforms and it shut down." But to me, that doesn't—that's uh, a load of shit yeah. uh, because America doesn't want to admit that they just shut down a foreign press outlet. Um, but they didn't tell us anything. However, how quickly it happened and how and how and how fully it happened uh, leads me to believe it was absolutely U.S. sanctions in one degree or another. Uh, RT America likely had enough funding to go for months, if not a year. They had enough staff, even if they needed to cut back some of the shows. They had plenty of staff. 
uh, and yet there was no mumblings. We might be back in two weeks. We might be back in a month. It was over and done in the span of a day. And I, I say it had to be U.S. sanctions. Wow. Well, the timing is very convenient, isn't it? I mean, in, in a hot war, you would expect to see this kind of shit. But I mean, in, in a kind of um, far away proxy war such as this one, this seems like a very extreme move to just completely fucking close down an entire network and, and all of uh, people's you know, content as well from, pre- from previous work. That, that's a massive move, man. Yeah. And it shows the connection between these corporations, big tech and the American government. I mean, for sure, I, I have no doubt that if YouTube were actually uh, YouTube owned by Google. So let's let's be honest, it's Google. Uh, if Google were actually free of the American government, which we know it's not, then it wouldn't have much of a benefit in shutting out whole viewpoints. But because the American government and Congress could break it up, could break up Facebook, et cetera, then they are bending over backwards to try and make the government happy. And when the government says, hey, it's time to shut down these platforms, they just they do it with a with, with gusto. Uh, so, yeah, to have to have eight years of, uh, of videos, uh, if you count my interview show over 500 episodes, thousands of clips, uh, all just banned worldwide. Um, and, and I've heard people trying to use VPNs to get around it and going through various other countries. And they say it's, it's basically banned everywhere. Fuck. Uh, literally you go, you go to the redacted not YouTube page. It just says banned in your country, which is, I mean, it's, it's beyond Orwellian. It's so incredible to just see, yeah, banned in your country. Well, why is it your country can't learn these things, you know? Fucking hell. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I want to I get into all the, this stuff and all the content that you'd be talking about on your show if you still had one. I want to get in, into it on here and we'll see how long we last before they take mine down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be banned by association. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Okay, so for the three douchebags who don't know who you are, um, how would you describe yourself? Um, I, I, I'm, I would say, like, sat, would you say satirist, a political commentator, journalist? Um, and I know that you've been with RT, you've had the show on RT for eight years, but you've been doing this, you know, for a lot longer, haven't you? Oh, I've been, uh, I've been a full-time stand-up comic and commentator for 22 years or so. Um, I was a touring stand-up comedian and also doing YouTube videos, et cetera, uh, before I got the RT America show. Yeah, and I'm guessing that took up a lot of your time as well. Um, so to have that suddenly snatched away from you, like overnight after devoting, you know, because it's not just the screen time, is it? It's, you know, it's the, uh, the research and the recording and the editing and, you know, all, all that stuff that goes into to, to, to suddenly have something that you've invested so much of your, your, the last eight years of your life to suddenly gone overnight. I mean, and what are you, what are you doing to stay afloat? What are you doing with your time now? Yeah, I've been doing about roughly nine billion interviews, and uh, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to get the word out about the censorship, but I'm also trying to build up Patreon.com/slash/LeeCamp. Uh, I'm hoping if I can get enough small dollar uh, members over there that I could create something that at least has the feel of Redacted tonight. I mean, it will never be the same, but it hopefully would have that that feel and that sensibility, and uh, can you know bring that back as it were. So if people want to check out Patreon, but you know, I had a lot of other things uh, that I would, uh, that I was doing outside of redacted tonight and I will keep doing those um, working on another book. And uh, I have the video, the YouTube videos moment of clarity that I continue. And yeah. uh, I have three podcasts as well. Government secrets, common censored and moment of clarity. So all of that continues. 
brilliant. Glad to hear it. And uh, your Patreon link is patreon.com slash Lee Camp. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. So everyone get over there right away and show the brother some fucking love, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I want to grill you on a few things because I've been looking forward to picking your brains for the past week. And I know you've got a gazillion of these lined up and you're probably sick and tired of answering the same fucking questions (laughs) because I know what it's like. Um, But I want to jump straight into the deep end and I want to get your take on what is happening in Ukraine right now. So, yeah, I think people have to understand that in most conflicts, especially geopolitical conflicts, there's kind of multiple levels of reality and it doesn't make any level false. Uh, It just means that you should also look at what's going on deeper. So the surface level is Putin invaded Ukraine. Russia is bombing. Uh, You know, the the propaganda would have you believe they're just indiscriminately bombing hospitals. The, uh, you know, reality is probably far less of that. It's probably actually that Russia is going after the Ukrainian troops, Ukrainian military. Um, But either way, the surface level is Russia's bombing Ukraine. What is it Russia wants? Well, they want Ukraine to say they're neutral on NATO. They want the Donbass region to be independent, which many people in the Donbass region uh, are uh, uh, consider themselves Russian, uh, not Ukrainian. And there's been an ongoing war for eight years in that region of neo-Nazi troops, uh, you know, some of them with swastikas on their helmets, um, killing, uh, murdering, maiming uh, many people who are native Russian or consider themselves culturally Russian. 15,000 have died over that eight years. The U.S. and CIA, uh, and you can read some of this at Yahoo News, you know, this is not hidden truth, um, has been funding and arming uh, some of these Nazi battalions like the Azov Battalion. And uh, PBS the other day, the the U.S. uh, uh, government... uh, partially government-funded outlet here in the U.S., did a a fawning interview with a mayor in a city in Ukraine about how tough things are right now. And they blurred out the framed painting behind him of a Nazi, a famed Nazi collaborator. Wow. So (laughs) that that shows you how bad this is. But anyway, that's kind of the 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 surface level uh you uh, russia does not want nato expansion and they want that region independent and they want their uh their ownership of crimea acknowledged uh that's what they're putting forward as their demands so that's kind of the surface level now you get to a, a deeper level and you you look at the reality of the situation uh even deeper and the, russia has been surrounded by nato a military alliance and nato sounds kind of nice and fluffy to a lot of people that only watch, you know, BBC and CNN. But NATO is a military alliance. They have been behind uh, gut-wrenching wars and bombings like Libya, destroying all of Libya, turning it into warring warlords and open slave markets. Uh, that's what that's the type of thing NATO does. So don't kid yourself that NATO is friendly and happy and unicorns. Uh, NATO is brutal war mongering and a military alliance. So NATO has expanded over the years, closer and closer to Russia. It now involves 30 nations, uh, 17 of them, I believe, encircle Russia, basically. And there are discussions of bringing Ukraine into NATO, or at the very least, having them have some kind of agreement with NATO. To Russia, that is a a national security red line. Uh, They say they can. I'm just giving their opinion, even though I'm opposed to Putin's invasion. 
They say they cannot have NATO on their border. Their national security will be shot. They will have uh, NATO missiles pointed at them from uh, miles outside their border. And if you imagine the United States, well, hold on, I'll get to that in a second. I'll get to the analogy in a second. But one more note is the U.S. has helped fund this neo-Nazi coup that basically neo-Nazi empowered. So it doesn't mean that the entire Ukrainian government's neo-Nazis. The president is, in fact, Jewish. Uh, but the neo-Nazis are the, basically the powerhouse of the Ukrainian government and their military right now in that they're just so violent and they're so willing to kill that many of the politicians are, are, uh, have to answer to them. Many of the people have to answer to them because they're willing to kill people. Uh, and so they have an immense amount of power, even if they don't have the presidency, et cetera. So in 2014, the U.S. Cre helps create a coup in, in Ukraine. Uh, that doesn't mean that there wasn't po popular discontent. There was a corrupt president in power in Ukraine. But the U.S. helps do it. They put in place uh, kind of a U.S. Uh, uh, favorable government. And in order to create that coup, the Maidan coup, they empower Nazis. They give them uh, money, training, arms. And that, that government continues to this day, largely. Uh, and during this time in, in the Donbass region, there is an ongoing war that's killed 15,000 people. And these Nazis will grab Russian speakers and sometimes murder them, sometimes uh, uh, just uh, beat them severely. That type of stuff has been going on. If you talk to refugees in the Donbass region, they say, we've been at war for eight years. Russia has viewed this as completely uh, unacceptable. And something else, I mean, not that you need to ex be explain to people why they should dislike Nazis, but Russia lost 27 million people in, the war, in World War II to Nazis invading their country. 27 million. The U.S. lost 500,000. So let's just say that Russia is not very favorable to Nazis on their border. The, so the analogy, uh, to just kind of the concluding point, the analogy that works mostly for right now would be if the U.S., we're surrounded by a Russian uh, military alliance uh, similar to NATO, uh, 30 countries, 17 of them around the United States, encircling the United States. And then Russia created a, a, a coup in Mexico, put in a Nazi-backed Russian favorable government. And on the border of Mexico and Texas, these Nazis were running around killing anyone who spoke English and, and was American. And, you know, how would and, and there were missiles, the Russia was Russia was sending missiles, et cetera, to Mexico to point in the direction of the United States. How would the U.S. respond? Do you think we'd respond favorably? I think the world would be on so, fire if that was the case right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, again, it is not that I endorse Russia's invasion, which is seeming increasingly brutal, even though a lot of it, a lot of what we're hearing is propaganda and bullshit. Uh it still doesn't, you know, war is never nice or polite. There are never wars, there are never bombings that just go perfectly and no one uh, that's innocent dies. So uh, and that's why I'm opposed to it, because I'm anti-war. But you can also be anti-war and understand why Russia is behaving this way and not just be kind of a, a child and go, oh, it's because Putin's a maniac and he's Hitler. I mean, that is just yeah. incorrect and ill-informed. Wow, fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, as you were talking there, I, I saw similarities between the sponsorship of the Mujahideen in Afghanistan yep. you know, and how that turned into the whole fucking mess that that turned into. 
But am I right in thinking that America's interest in this is to have Ukraine as basically a NATO satellite right on the border of Russia, um, controlling the resources and the infrastructure that happens there in, in their, in, in America's interest and in the interest of the empire, of course, you know, not, not the interest of the Ukrainians. Um, but is that the extent of their interest here or is there more? Am I right in thinking that this is just a standard imperialist move where they want to have as much land mass under their control as possible? Yeah, you're right in that, but it is larger in that the U.S. is a, like I said earlier, we're a waning empire, we're waning economically, China's on the rise, China has far more people uh, and far more uh, industrial base. Um, the, the U.S. is also a late-stage capitalist society in that we've exploited you know, the vast majority of our resources. Um, and in order to keep our dominance over the world, it's almost purely military-based. So we have to use or fund others to kind of use militaries to try to undermine the Russia-China alliance. Um, and th- this, this, this proxy war right now and keeping it running, making sure it doesn't stop with some nice peace agreement that says Ukraine is neutral, um, it, it also serves the purpose that the U.S. can put gut-wrenching sanctions on Russia. Um, as uh, yeah, I, I covered this on one of my videos on Patreon, uh, U- former U.N. weapons inspector Scott Ritter said that the U.S. has not really gamed this out far enough and that these sanctions on Russia, yes, they will hurt the Russian people, but they will have uh, crazy ripple effects that will hurt all of Europe uh, immensely. And, you know, the gas prices in the U.S. are already going up a great deal. And, you know, I'm opposed to fossil fuels, but that doesn't mean I like to see your your average worker who's scraping by uh, not be able to feed his kids because we need to have a proxy war in Ukraine. So it 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 is... You know, the ramifications are tough to know. We've also, because we've supported this and made sure this happened, we've put our, our the whole world on the brink of nuclear war. I mean, this is yeah. about as close to nuclear war as you can get. And this is also the United States can maintain our global dominance. Uh, you know, we don't care how many people die in Ukraine in order to maintain that dominance. We, we have no, there's no real concern of that. Uh, they are cannon fodder. And our goal is to undermine Russia to such a degree that obviously, ideally, Putin would fall and we'd be able to put in a, a U.S.-backed uh, government of some sort, which is kind of ironic because Putin is also the result of U.S.-backed uh, <laughs> government in the Soviet Union, you know, we we considered Yeltsin our guy. There's covers of Time magazine or, or one of the magazines uh, where it says our guy in Russia. And so we put Yeltsin in there and Russia became capitalist. And we figured, well, that's great. So now that they're capitalists, they're on our side. And for a while, there was a bit of a, a, a bromance there. But Putin ultimately comes to power. And despite being a, a very strong capitalist and hating communism. Putin does not want to be a, a pawn, a subservient feudal state of the United States. Oh my God. It makes your fucking head boggle, doesn't it, man? I mean, what, what, what can we do about this? I mean, the sad fact is that whilst we're talking... People are being bombed. People are being killed. People are losing their lives. They're having their whole cities are being destroyed. You know, within Russia, people are being imprisoned for fucking years and years for protesting against this. Yep. I mean, yep. the, the sad fact of the matter is, is that this only ever really affects 
the people on the ground, the ordinary working people just going about their daily lives. You know, power isn't affected by this. The oligarchs aren't affected by it. And even the likes of ourselves, you know, who are privileged enough to have these conversations aren't affected by it. So it's fucking real for for millions of people in the most brutal way possible. So it, it urgent and it needs to be stopped. I mean, what can we do about it? What can we actually do about it? I mean, one thing is just to not fall for the propaganda. I mean, I, uh, people need to, to be demanding that the two sides, Ukraine and Russia, sit down at a peace table and, and hammer it out and don't walk out of the room till it's done. And then this the, the murdering, at least, will be over. Uh, but the U.S. doesn't want that. And, and Zelensky and the Ukraine are sorry, Ukraine are uh, basically answering to America. So. I, I think like that's what people should demand. They should demand peace talks, endless peace talks until this is over. Instead, you have people demanding more sanctions on Russia, which is economic war, which economic war kills people, too. And it often results in hot war. So economic war is not some it's not like a, like a no, no fly zone. It sounds friendlier and it's really largely not. Uh but people should not be demanding more sanctions. They should not be demanding uh, no-fly zone. They should not be demanding missiles and guns be sent to Ukraine. They should not be demanding that guns be put in the hands of grandmas in the street of Ukraine, streets of Ukraine, because all that does is it's just going to get more Ukrainians killed. It, 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 the idea, and and by the way, there are policy papers from like uh, you know the Undersecretary of Defense here in the U.S. from uh, several years ago saying that we should keep funding and arming Ukraine even though they have no hope of defeating Russia in a firefight uh, in any kind of hot war. So the U.S. knows it's hopeless for Ukraine to defeat Russia. And basically, and any time longer it goes, it's just more people dead. Uh, so the idea that because you care about Ukrainians and you've changed your uh, Facebook uh, f- thumbnail colors to blue and yellow... <laughs> that therefore you should send guns to Ukrainians and that's going to make things better. No, it, it won't. It'll just be a lot more death. And it'll just keep everyone at the foot of nuclear war, which is obviously death for essentially everyone. Uh, yeah. And so it's insanity. It, it, what people need to be demanding is just peace talks. And what's your take on Zelensky? So I... I can't claim to know all that much about him. I I know that he's so he was a comedian and he uh, starred in a very popular Ukrainian comedy series where he was the Ukrainian president in the comedy series. And then they have an election and he wins the election by like a landslide. So the comedian becomes the president, which I'm a fan of that idea. Uh, <laughs> they, should, they should put me in. The United States should should put me in as the president. But uh I have heard, and I haven't verified this, but again, uh, Scott Ritter and, and some others have said that basically he's he's funded by a, a Ukrainian billionaire, and there's not much difference between Zelensky and your your kind of standard uh, U.S. favorable Ukrainian president. Uh, all this propaganda of him being this bold warrior trying to defend his people seems to be largely bullshit to me because if he wanted ukrainians to live and have their you know have their their peace then he wouldn't be running in the streets with guns that's not the answer um also hilariously many of the photos that were circulating of him in military garb out on the front lines or whatever were 
actually from like two years earlier when he was in a training exercise or oh, something. Shit. So fucking hell. It, this is this is <laughs> so, the thing. It's like the propaganda on all sides is just an all time fucking fever pitch right now. And it's just impossible for people to decipher what's bullshit, you know, what's real, especially when they're pressing all the emotional hot buttons and stuff like that. You know, yep. it's it's really yep. over the top at the moment. But my my favorite my favorite one of that of this propaganda my favorite uh, propaganda piece that's been sort of flying around, you know, thousands of retweets and all that stuff. It's a short little video of a blonde, uh, you know, mostly like essentially white looking little girl screaming at a soldier to get out of her home, get out of her homeland. And people have been handing is passing around saying little Ukrainian girl tells Russia to get out of her, out of her country. And it's actually a video of Ahed Tamimi, the Palestinian girl who was telling the IDF to get out of her home. Oh, man, I've, I've, people have been sending me loads of shit like that on WhatsApp. Like, look at this, you know, they fucking, they had a fist fight with a tank and won. And it's like, really, though? Who sent you that, man? Oh, one of the boys sent it to me on WhatsApp. It's like, oh, so it must be fucking true then, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, that's a clip from Brad Pitt movie, the Brad Pitt movie Fury. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, so where can people go, man, to get some clarity and some sense in these mad, mad times that we're living in? I mean, even the left-leaning, usually critical of the government type of papers have just gone straight into war propaganda mode. Yeah. Um, where can we get, what sources, can you recommend anything? Where do you go? Well, I could list, uh, I could give a long list of uh, great outlets that I love, but I actually did create a website uh, along with Eleanor Goldfield uh, intended to be kind of the, the accurate um, independent journalists on the web, kind of all in one place. It's called radindymedia.com, like rad, like radical. Um, radindymedia.com and it's just a small site it's not anything grand it's also not a money maker there's no ads there's no sponsors or anything and it just links you directly through to a lot of great outlets that are out there that are struggling because they're suppressed as well but the idea of it was kind of twofold one was to create a great uh, left-wing digital independent media uh, newspaper that people could check every morning. You know, this is your morning news that's not corporate garbage. And the second reason was if any of these journalists or outlets get uh, deleted from their platforms, you know, if, uh, if one outlet gets their Facebook page deleted, that you'll, if people are headed there, you'll still have a place where you can go and get all of their content and know where it is and and not have to run around trying to find them. Um, of course, I when we created it, I wasn't thinking it would be me that had been deleted. But here we are. <laughs> Literally redacted. Yeah, it is an appropriate end for redacted tonight to be redacted. I know the irony of that. And and when you when you said about you know it would be uh, maybe you should be the next um, president of America. But I, I <laughs> it thought well, we we have actually got a comedian in power in our country at the moment. I don't know if you've seen him. A guy called True. Boris Johnson. He's fucking hilarious. He's like a kind of clown type of character. Oh, he's brilliant. I was I was living over there in England when when he had kind of just become uh, mayor of London. And I think he'd just become, or maybe he'd been for a few years, but, uh, and everyone was like, oh my God, this is atrocious. Can you believe this idiot is the mayor of London? And <laughs> here we are. 
These are the times we're living in, man. You know, for, for a while we had the comedy duo. You had Trump over on your side. We have Boris over here. You know what I mean? It was like, fuck me. If, like that just sums up the times we're living in. And, and, and mm-hmm. if you thought it couldn't get any worse, here we are, you know? Yeah, it's the best comedy duo since, uh, I'd say, Thatcher and Reagan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except, <laughs> except, except literal fucking comedians. Like, these guys don't even have to try and pretend yeah. they're not lying. You know, they don't give a shit. Like, like the brakes are off now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, of course, was one of these people trying to get, trying to get everyone to understand that, yes, Trump is atrocious. He is uh, uh, fucking garbage. However, Biden is no better. Biden helped create the prison industrial complex that now is the largest in the world and in phenomenally racist. Uh, he helped he stood behind and supported all of the wars that we've been in. He helped create the, the Patriot Act that yeah. gutted everyone's rights across the United States. Uh, so I, I was one of these people that was like, this isn't any better. It's just equal garbage. And here we are under Biden actually seeing in many ways more war, more death. Like, well, yeah, the Democrats do love a good war, though, don't they? Endless war now. Endless war. Oh, man. How the fuck did we get here? You know? And I think for that reason, the work that you're doing and others are doing, it just makes it so much more vital and so much more urgent that we don't let this attempt at censorship stop this information coming out. And it's so important that we don't all get caught up in the spin and that we actually work as one movement to affect change because we are heading off a cliff if we don't. So you can start by following Lee on patreon.com slash Lee Camp. Check out radindymedia.com. I'll be doing so straight after this for some great news sources. Start searing through the bullshit. Get involved. And we've got to get our hand back on the steering wheel because we are fucking losing it. So thank you, Lee. You are truly a light in a time of darkness. And we appreciate you. And I know that this is going to be short-lived and you'll be back louder brighter and stronger than ever before yeah yeah and i really appreciate that and uh you know i love your work so keep at it well look i know you've got another pile of these lined up and thanks so much for your time but before you go quickly i just want to ask you what's it going to take to get you to kiss and make up with alex jones Luckily, I've never actually met him. I, I've I've met many of these other guys. I've been on you know Joe Rogan's podcast and things like that, but I never met never met Alex Jones. And hoping I don't have to. I mean, I think the smell alone probably peels the paint on the walls. So. It's not good because I have met him. <laughs> no, have you? I can I can concur that you're right about the smell. I mean, uh, <laughs> apart from a quick hey, how you doing? I, he basically spent the rest of the conversation barking up at his selfie stick. So. Um, <laughs> 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 and, and, and continued to do that for the entire weekend from what I could gather. I met him. Um, oh my God. I was a full-on conspiracy theorist for about eight years. I basically lost a decade of my life with this shit. Really? Luckily, I came out the other side, you know, but I got quite deep into it. I was supposed to be performing at a Bilderberg meeting protest in London. <laughs> David Icke was there yeah, giving a speech yeah. and Alex Jones was going to be talking and they, they, they actually decided that the music wasn't going to be allowed on the day because of the, the volume and stuff like that, which I just took as confirmation that they're trying to shut us down, man. You know what I mean? And um, so I was, because I was performing, I was in the press area. So I got to meet all these guys and everything like that. And yeah, Uh, that whole world is as fucking mental as you think it is. (laughs) Yeah, no, it sounds as mental as I think it is. But uh, yeah, my my favorite uh, 
David Icke moment was so Jesse Ventura before he had a an RT show he had another show I can't remember the name but he had another show where he would go and interview people so he sits down with David Icke and he goes Jesse Ventura basically just goes look man I'm 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 willing to uh, I'm suspend disbelief I want to believe you I really do I want to I want to I'm I'm down to believe this but just uh, uh, show me the proof of the lizard people just show me <laughs> show me the 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 photo I want to see the photos the video or whatever and he just kept asking until David I took off the mic and walked out Really <laughs> <laughs> Oh god it's fucking mad. I was big into David like for a long time I never really even when I was full conspiracy theorist I never really re- resonated with Alex Jones I think it was just because he was a kind of shouting at the screen kind of sensationalist, whereas Ike was always a bit more like that friendly uncle, you know what I mean? He was, uh, he was a lot more calm, articulate. And I, and I became good friends with his son, actually, Gareth, because he's a musician as well. Oh, yeah. Well, well, it's, well it's interesting because those, those type of movements, they do a good job of taking people who naturally question what they're being told and then taking them too far to a place where it's like, well, now you just don't, believe anything that is reality so you know you start off going oh we were lied into the iraq war there were no wmd they knew there was no wmd and they just used that and so you start off there and then before you know it you're like maybe the earth is flat yeah like (laughs) at, at some point you have to stop and 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 recognize a reality and not just say, okay, nothing is true. Well, it made me very apathetic because I went in, uh, you know, a hardcore political activist, you know, and uh, I, I, within a few years, I was just completely pacified because it's like, okay, so all sides are evil. They're all connected and you just have to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole. You know, you've, you've not learned it all yet. And even if you think, okay, I'm going to pursue this course of action. No, because they're, they're bought out by these guys and it just, it's fucking endless. Right. And you just end up caught up in a web of bullshit that you can't prove. And all they do is that they just bombard you with high speed, high frequency kind of stuff that kind of sounds like, okay, that, that's a fact. That's a date. That's a name. How the fuck does any of this fit together? I haven't got a clue. And I feel like that's where we're at now, just to sort of loop it back around. I feel like that's where we're at now with with what's happening in the mainstream media is we're just getting bombarded with actual conspiracy theory type stuff now with with, with what what you're describing with the fake footage of Zelensky and stuff like that. I mean, you know, this is the sort of stuff David Icke would have been saying years ago and we would have thought he was a crackpot, but now it's actually fucking happening. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Out of curiosity, what... Because you don't see a lot of people who succeed in coming out the other side of the uh, of the lizard people flat Earth uh, area. What what got you out? I think it was just I think I got so immersed in it. I got to see how it was just built up. Basically, you you have to buy the whole thing. You know, if you start if you slow it down and you're like, okay, let's just look at this one element that they're talking about a second and try and analyze that. None of it stacks up unless you buy the whole package. Uh-huh. And I, and I wasn't prepared to go as far as the lizard people and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, conspiracies do exist. Yeah. You know, the governments lie. There are covert operations. And I think that I kind of got in that way. That's the door that I went yep. in through. And then the deeper I went, I was willing to buy a bit and buy this much and buy that much. And then it kind of got a bit weird where I took a step back and thought, OK, well, let's look at this and form my own opinions. And then it be- just became apparent to me that, like, it is like a bit of a cult, you know, like you- right. you've got to become a fully signed up member of the cult. 
or you're an unbeliever and you're a sheep, you know? And I thought, oh, fuck this, man. You know, like I, 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 was, I was prepared to go as far as I needed to, you know, because I'm a truth seeker. And then once I realized that I was being led down a fucking endless tunnel of pointlessness, I just thought, nah, I've, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to really back out of this fast and regain my own fucking, my own grasp on reality. You right. know what I mean? But I, I could see how tempting it is, and I can see how some people never get out again, you know? Well, and just to pick one one area, uh, you know, Alex Jones, for years, his big one of his big focuses has been climate change isn't real. And that it, it, it almost seems comfortable to believe that. It seems nice. It's like, it's like, oh, thank goodness, this thing that is like an existential threat to the entire globe is not real. They're just telling us that. Uh, so... At least I don't have to worry about that, you know? <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of comfort to be gained from thinking that they're all cunts as well. You know, like right. it's, it's pointless because they're all bad guys. It's all fucked. So what's the point? So it's nice to have an answer. It's nice to know who the bad guy is, put a face to it. And there we go. That's that figured out. There's a kind of comfort in that, you know, in, in a strange way. Right. Um, to, to accept that the world is actually messy and complicated, you know, and, and there aren't clear divisions between right and wrong and goodies and baddies. That's a lot more work. And uh, some people aren't very comfortable with uncertainty. They much prefer the certainty of it's all shit and they're all bad guys. So I, uh, there's pointless doing anything about it, I think, than the true reality of the world is, you know, unfair and difficult and complicated. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think rather than it's just like, oh, this group owns everything. And so, you know, th th there's no chance outside of that i think we we've created and i'll just speak for the united states because i know that better but we've created a system that largely makes it just incredibly difficult for kind of non-sociopaths to get any level of of power in our yes. government it's in, unless you're willing to kind of step on throats and collect all the money that you need in order to run etc then you're not going to get there um and so it's not that you know the Rothschilds just own everything and there's never been anything outside of that. It's that you have a system that makes it just incredibly difficult to achieve almost anything unless you're a sociopath. Yeah, I think of it like the propaganda model that Noam Chomsky talked about in uh, Manufacturing Consent, right. uh, where it doesn't really matter what goes into the system because the system is set up in such a way that you're always going to get the same thing out of it. And I totally agree with you that what's coming out of our system is sociopathic. But I know you've got to go and I've managed to keep you for a whole hour and I'm so thankful for you uh, staying this long. Everybody, please do continue to check out Lee's ongoing work at patreon.com slash Lee Camp. You can also follow him on Twitter at Lee Camp and his website is LeeCamp.com. That's C-A-M for mother, P for piss off <laughs> lee it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor to speak to you today and get your insight and your wisdom i'm a big fan of what you do and i wish you the best of luck my friend with everything moving forward thanks so much james keep fighting there it is man lee camp let's hear it for him man how awesome is that dude you know what i mean just fucking laying it down with no prep <laughs> he didn't yet he didn't have a clue what i was going to ask him and it's such a shame that all of his content's been taken down from YouTube and Spotify because, man, those shows were a fucking goldmine of info. And he's fucking hilarious as well, you know. So if, if, he's, if he's doing some stand-up shows near your hometown, go and check him out and buy the guy a drink. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that, guys. And I'm sure you found it way more entertaining than the last episode, which was just me rambling for about an hour about myself. 
I've got tons of awesome guests already lined up to come on the podcast. So please do subscribe, click follow or whatever it is on Spotify and leave some comments. If there's somebody you'd like me to speak to, put them in the comments or tag us in on Twitter and we'll see if we can make it happen. Until next time, behave yourselves.